You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 554. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me for this episode will be Project Spurs' founder, Michael DeLeon. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm good. Doing good. Summer finally winding down. It's actually, the weather's not changing, but uh, we're starting to see signs of life with the NBA because, you know, training camps and media days and scrimmages are being announced, so finally people are, are, are getting excited, so that's what you say. Hey, just just letting you know, you know, you you and I are recording here in San Antonio. Uh, next next Thursday's calendar on the weather on all the weather apps. It says it's going to be sixty seven one morning. So let's hope that happens. We get our first That'd sixty degree day here. So that'll be yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, but you're right, Mike. Uh, you know, a lot of tra- training camps are going to start kicking off this coming weekend, uh, especially the NBA teams that are going to be traveling overseas for their preseason games. Uh, they're going to have an earlier training camp immediate day start. But the Spurs will officially kick off next week, uh, next Sunday. I mean, next Monday, should I say, uh, September 30th, I believe that is. Uh, the Spurs will hold their media day. And then on October 1st, training camp officially begins. And here we go. Preseason games come. A few preseason games, and all of a sudden, here it is. The regular season kicks off, and then 82 games, and then, you know, see if they make the playoffs and all that good stuff. But we're here to talk about just kind of what's going on with the Spurs right now. Um, after It's been like two weeks since I last recorded. There hasn't been a lot going on, really. Uh, and then from there, Mike, we're going to kind of address training camp and kind of some big questions that we have uh, as the Spurs head into training camp. So let's begin with some team news. Um, they, they, they had some staff changes and also roster changes lately in these last two weeks. Uh, they made a bunch of staff hires uh, and, you know, promotions as well between the Austin Spurs and the San Antonio Spurs. One of the na- main names that I want to kind of point to is a uh, Mitch Johnson. Uh, he got hired from the Austin Spurs as a, he was there for three seasons as an assistant coach. And now he's going to be working under pop as, as a, uh, as an assistant coach with the Spurs. So, so pops roster. Now uh, his coaching roster, should I say has Becky Hammond, Will Hardy, Tim Duncan, Chip England, and now Mitch Johnson is that fifth uh, assistant coach. Uh, some other news with the players, Mike. Um, Jeff Ledbetter, you know, <laughs> he got some Twitter hype because he got signed finally to the Spurs. But then uh, they just waved him on a on on, on Wednesday evening. And I know you 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 were talking about um the, how he's he has a nickname right about Austin. Can you can you can you um? Oh uh, yeah, it's the mayor of Cedar Park because they they actually okay. play in Cedar Park, so that's what everybody calls him over there, the mayor of Cedar Park. Yeah, so the mayor of Cedar Park and, and the guy who is, you know, he, he's known uh, for the Austin Spurs and also for the Summer League Spurs. He's one of their better players. Uh, he got waived. And then uh, the Spurs just added their 20th player since Ledbetter got waived. And Matt Farrell, he is a 6'1 point guard out of Notre Dame out of the 2018 draft class. He, he went undrafted, unfortunately. And uh, he spent his, his last season in, um, last season, should I say, in the G League. Uh, but really, uh, Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports, he basically reported that both of these uh, guys getting signed and then Ledbetter getting waived, and that will probably be the case for um, Farrell, is that by, by, by signing these guys to, to, their, to the San Antonio Spurs team, they also are able to retain their G League rights so that they can basically end up both in Austin if they want to go the uh, G League route. So uh, kind of is that kind of what you saw there with those two moves? Yeah, it's basically just like an affiliate player thing where, and I think they it's every year like usually like the first they you can select four players uh, that usually get cut during training camp as affiliate players that then the the affiliate team has kind of the rights to them. So honestly, when when Ledbetter was signed, as you know, a lot of people were kind of like wondering why, and, and I was just like, it's just a training camp thing. It's, he's just there to push guys in training camp, but. Farrell had actually already been on the Austin Spurs roster. He he got there through, through a trade with the I think they're called the Blue Coats uh, yes, for Julian Washburn. And, yeah, yeah. So um, 
honestly, to me, I think they're kind of doing, uh, I mean, one of the things that Spurs do a lot, it seems like, is that they take care of their players, people that have spent time, and, like, having him on the summer league roster is a way to showcase him. And then signing him really was a way for them to, okay, so they, they retain his rights, so he gets paid, you know, whatever that 30K is. But he can also get NBA uh, training camp, um, I forgot what they call it, but, that could be an additional like $50,000. So that's kind of like helping him out and it makes a big difference for him. Same thing's probably going to end up happening with this other guy from uh, uh, Farrell. He's going to probably get waived um, early on in training camp, but it's just so they can hang on to him. Yeah, and this is a very procedural kind of move for the Spurs. We've seen this happen in the past. Like you just mentioned, Mike, uh, I, I think of like guys like Washburn. I think uh, Amita Brima. Those are guys were like yeah. one day they, they got signed and then all of a sudden they got waived. And it's just, again, just to, it's kind of the paperwork process just to have them sign through, get get their name through the San Antonio Spurs roster, and then all of a sudden waive them. And that way uh, it's that Exhibit 10 clause you were talking about there yeah. where they can get like a $50,000 bonus and stuff if they if they go back to the G League. So so you're right. It's more procedural and just kind of like the Spurs taking care of the guys that they, that they want to make sure that they try to have in the Austin program. Program, uh, there so yeah so I mean really that's that's what's, that's what the, tr- the training camp roster hasn't officially come out just yet but we kind of know who it is you know it, it's uh it's the, the 15 guaranteed players and then you got a few extra guys uh you got three extra guys should I say in, in Farrell and then you got uh, two other guys I have their names here um who is it uh, Dalton Holmes and Deidre oh, Lawson yeah. these guys are these guys are probably the other two training camp invites where they're on exhibit 10 clauses which means they're probably going to get cut at some point during the preseason unless they have a magnificent you know pr- training camp but uh, then, then the Spurs would have the chance to put them in Austin as well if they want to sign there uh, in the G League. So again, this this roster is pretty much set. It, I, I don't expect any of these guys to to make some sort of big um, impact and and really uh, make the Spurs have to waive a player to to open up a spot for one of these guys. So so it's kind of set this training camp roster. But uh, let's go into our second topic, Mike, and that is the this training camp that's starting. So I think the the biggest question on a lot of Spurs fans' minds and just even media that I've seen talking about this is kind of who's going to start. It's it's really early in the season. This is yeah. kind of where you go to. When, when, when there's nothing to talk about, really. But, uh, you know, it's, it's an intriguing question because there are a lot of different matchup uh, lineups that, that you can throw out there. Uh, I heard on the most recent low posts, uh, Zach Lowe and Ken, Kevin Arnovitz kind of discussed this as well. Some of these things that we've talked about here on Project Spurs and the Spurs cast and also in our writing with some of our writers over the offseason, kind of all these different lineups. So, you know, let, let's get your take on this, Mike. Uh, what do you think uh, early on, at least early on the first maybe, few weeks of the season, what, what do you think the, uh, the starting five might be? Do you have a, a lineup in mind or do you want me to read you some that I thought of? Uh, it's kind of funny because I was reading these today because our buddy uh, Bruno from County of the Rock was, was uh, asking this. And then Trevor Zegoff was also he kind of posted his as well, and uh, one of our former writers. And so I kind of thought about it. And, and the, I guess the with me, I feel like Popsaw is going to be kind of like a trust guy, people that he knows or can, you know, play and not, you know, you know they don't have to worry about them making a lot of mistakes. So I think he may go with the small lineup to start with, with DJ and uh, White. And then um, with the probably DeRozan, probably DeRozan, Gay, and Aldridge is kind of what I have. Now, I think eventually at some point, you know, once uh, uh, Jamari Carroll gets in there and gets more time with the, with the system, it's, it's not completely, uh, totally different from what he was used to in, in New Jersey and Atlanta being with the Budenholzer. But uh, I think once he has more time with him, he'll eventually get in there and that'll change and shake things up a little bit where... Uh, maybe White will come off the bench and that'll push uh, DeRozan down to the two. But there's just a lot of room for for many different lineups that he can play with, I think. 
Yeah, that that's actually my initial um, reaction. Is uh, that's my lineup too. If if they're going to play a little small with with Aldridge and Gay at the four five, then I think that you're definitely starting Murray, Derek White, and then DeRozan at the three. So so that's kind of where a lot of people might might be seeing that lineup just early on, if, especially to have Murray and White because because you do want to see defensively what that backcourt can do together uh, each night if they're out there starting the game off. Uh, if they, if Pop wants to go big, um, you know he can start off with Aldridge again at the four and Pirtle at the five, like we saw in the playoffs against the Denver Nuggets. Then in that case, you might have DeRozan still at the three and maybe Murray or White. Or, you know, he could go back to that lineup he had last season. But instead of White starting, he'd have Murray at the one, uh, Bryn Forbes at the two, and then possibly DeRozan at the three. And then uh, maybe like Rudy Gay or Damari Carroll, like you mentioned, Mike, at at the four. So it's going to be interesting. Um you know, it's just like, like, you know, like we're saying, I really think that it's going to come down to, you know, what are, what are they using as the season ends? You know, what are they using going into the playoffs? And I think that because of the shooting woes that they might have starting Derek White and um, and DeJounte Murray, I think that we may see Derek White become like that Manu six-man type of role where he ends up coming off the bench because he's a creator. But again, you know, I, I do want to just personally, I want to see what this looks like defensively, Murray and White starting together. So that's why I, I think that they'll, they'll at least try it for like 20, 25 games and see if it works. Uh, and you got to remember, too, that their biggest thing was defense last year. You know, they, they finished, uh, had their, their ratings right here. Yeah, they finished fifth in offense last year, 113.5 points per 100, according to the cleaning the glass. But it was their defense all year, uh, at letting teams score 111.5, which is 20th. So I think that if there's one concern for this team, it's going to be defense first for Pop. And maybe that's why White would get the get the edge. Maybe somebody like uh, Damari Carroll also gets um, a, a, a better chance at starting. What do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I, I like that. I, I like that there's just so much uh, versatility with this um, this team this year, and I feel like Pop is kind of kind of have fun just uh, experimenting with different lineups, just seeing who plays better together. But you're right that defense definitely was an issue, and and Derek White was kind of like the one guy that was kind of saving them there. And so, you know, I think it'll be good to see how he does with um, with um, Murray because obviously that's what he's known for, and he, that's where he, he I mean he was just a but a second teamer before he got injured. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And so now like, you know, now that's cause really that's like the biggest training camp question that I, that I can come up with that, that, that we're talking about here. Cause I mean, when you think about some other players like, like Rudy Gay, you think of like Yaka Pirtle, that's going to more so depend on what pop wants to do. Does he want to start small with like Rudy at the four? Or does he want to start big with Jakob at the five? So that's kind of where we kind of know where their minutes are going to come and go from. Um, and it, you know, and then some other lineup questions is like, I like to look at that spot of, um, you know, how does Lonnie Walker in, inject himself into these into these yeah. lineups? Does 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 he have to beat up Brent Forbes or Marco Bellinelli, or does does Pop already have a plan to put him in to get him some kind of minutes? Uh, what do you think about Lonnie's case? Do you think do you think it's a case where he has to beat somebody out of their minutes, like Marco or Be- or Belly, or, or yeah, Marco or Brent, I mean, Should I say? Yeah, I mean, I think popular too. I mean, contrary to popular belief right now among like Spurs Twitter, I I think he's he's going to have to beat them out because you know he spent so much time. I mean, he was injured and spent time in Austin, but actually spending and playing good minutes with the, the, the San Antonio team, I mean, he still hasn't played a whole ton of minutes there, and I think he's going to need some time to do that. He still makes some mistakes where he gets a little ahead of himself, and I like what we saw from Summer League, but still I think uh, he's going to have to show Pop that he can be a benefit over those other guys. I mean, I think Pop knows kind of already what he has in those other guys, and um, so, I mean, there's also, you know, Patty, who's just coming off a crazy Olympic performance. And, and you know, so that'll be another player. There's just a, a big um, – it's it's just a, a lot of players that can play multiple, you know, either the one or two 
right now, and so that'll have to work itself out. But um, yeah, he'll have to he'll have to earn those minutes. Yeah, and that's kind of what Patty's the guy that I was about to bring up next. That was my next question: is that like before the Olympics, the the uh, not the Olympics, the uh, the, FIBA, was the World I, Cup? I, I meant to say FIBA. It's all good. Yeah. All good. I actually went along with you. I was like, I you know, a lot of people obviously didn't watch it, so they probably think it was just the Olympics. So, <laughs> but uh, but but anyway, uh, so Patty, think talking about him. I was going to ask you, my next question was, you know, do you think down the line in this season, uh, there's a chance that Forbes maybe uh, takes his role as a backup point guard? But now I don't think that's much as a, a question because of the, what, the way Patty played coming into training camp and, and preseason. Yeah. I mean, this guy was on fire for Team Australia. He had more responsibility there. Uh, and I think that that momentum is just going to carry him forward uh, into the Spurs season. So that's kind of my next question, I guess. I guess I could just ask you it. Do you think that as the season goes along, not, not just training camp, we're talking like months down the line, uh, there's a chance that 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 if Forbes doesn't start and he's coming off the bench, that maybe he can possibly try to take Patty's role as the backup point guard. I mean, it, it's going to be hard because I mean, obviously they're 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 kind of similar in their roles. So like Patty did really well at FIBA, but then we also have to. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people got excited about that. We also have to take a step back and realize that his role with that team is so different than what his role is with the Spurs, and so he's not that like you know first or second option to score that's just coming off the screen the entire time. Uh, they still kind of wanted to be a bit of a distributor. Uh, Forbes hasn't really shown he can do that either, so he's still kind of more of a uh, spot-up outside shooter. So, I mean, that's just going to be something that's going to have to be worked out. I think uh, Patty, uh, Bryn, Marco especially, their, their spots are really kind of up in the air right now. Uh, but, you know, I think with, with Bryn, the one thing that a lot of people love is that He's on that team-friendly contract, and, you know, he had a, a great season um, last year. And so, you know, that, that might be somebody that they that tries to, you know, get a few minutes and, and try, to, try to take that role. I mean, he seems like he's – he doesn't – there's nothing that he's uh, – I don't think there's nothing that he's without as far as skill-wise that would make him uh, be any less, less than Patty right now, except for the fact that he played so well and he's obviously going to be coming into camp in great shape. Yeah, and another guy I want to talk about is uh, Trey Lyles. You know, he's in a tough spot to get any kind of minutes or a role. He's kind of it, it reminds me a lot of what what, Den, what how he played in Denver last year, where like when somebody got hurt, like Paul Millsap was hurt for most of the year, then he got to play and become like a rotation player. But the minute that Millsap came back and their team got a little healthy, well, then we saw that he didn't play that series against the Spurs. So I kind of feel that's the situation for him coming into this season, into training camp, and then also as the season goes along, he's really behind Rudy Gay and Damari Carroll in terms of any kind of minutes at the four. Uh, I just don't. I just can't see again unless one of those guys gets hurt or they miss a few games or they need a rest night. I just can't see Lyles consistently getting any of their minutes to 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 bump to get ahead of them in the in the rotation. Especially we know Rudy definitely he's not going to get ahead of him, but maybe Carroll too. I think Carroll's a little bit ahead of him just right now. Uh, what do you think about Trey Lyles? Yeah, I know. I think you're absolutely right. It's going to be tough for him, uh, and he's going to have to show something that he hasn't shown yet in in his career. I think and show some sort of improvement just because that's a really tough spot. Um, obviously, Rudy and, and Tamari are both vets who have, you know, been solid in this league. And Lyles is still kind of like trying to carve out a role for him wherever he goes. And he's going to need something, like you said, like the injuries. I mean, luckily with, with Denver, they had a lot of players that missed last year. So he got to spend a little bit more time there and um, play a little bit more. But it, it's kind of just shows you it's a, it's, it's a huge difference because – you know, when everybody thought it was Marcus Morris coming, that's that there's like there's definitely a huge difference there in what you 
would expect to get there. And then now what, what's going to, you know, come with the trailers because he's probably really going to take on kind of like that Davis Bertans role. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, it's crazy how like our perception changes, like my expectations ha- when they, ha- when they, when you know, when Morris was going to be on the team, I was expecting like, you know, it hits him and Rudy are going to be the, your two guys at the four, you know, really sharing all those minutes. And, and I don't think Carroll would have, would have gotten as many minutes. He would have maybe had to play more as a three, but then immediately when, when he backed out and then of course Lyles came in, it's like your, your expectations just go down and, and you think that or automatically Carroll's ahead of him in the rotation. So that's a good point there uh, that you just brought up. That's kind of where, where my, my mind went as well. Uh, the last two guys I want to talk about um, are uh, the, the rookies. Do you, Mike, do you think the rookies are going to get any kind of minutes this coming season, or do you, as long as everyone stays healthy? Or do you think Keldon Johnson and Lucas Simonich are mostly going to spend their time in Austin? I think, yeah. I, I really think that all of them are going to spend, even uh, uh, Spoon is going to probably spend a lot of his time there too. In fact, he might not even make it to the uh, 15. But, yeah, I mean, Simonich, we saw him in, in – Summer League, I know everybody got a little, a little excited after that first game, but and there's a lot that he brings, but he's still got a lot of work to do, and you know he's not going to be able to do that um, playing, you know, spare spare like five minutes here every other night or something like that. And so I think uh, the one that has the best chance, but still, that's another position that's really packed is two and three is, is Keldon, uh, talent-wise, mm-hmm. but because of that logjam it's probably going to be better off for him to, you know, stay there. And it's something that I'm sure Spurs fans are going to be like discouraged about. They hate when the young guys don't get to play, but it's what's best for their development. I mean, I think we saw with Derek White and we with several players that all that, that time and getting to play, you know, a full games and every, every game uh, really helps their development a lot more than sitting on the bench. I think they outright just going to come if Lonnie doesn't get any kind of minutes. Like that's yeah. what we, could, we could already tell if they're going to, they're going to be very <laughs> We're going to go crazy. If, if uh, Lonnie gets doesn't get any minutes, uh, so so that'll be kind of something to watch. I mean, it, it's it's you know, like I said, like it's 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 not there's not like there's not a lot of huge moves going on with the Spurs right now. Uh, their team's pretty much set. I mean, it's like we like we mentioned, it's it's a lot of last year's players. Are, it was already built pretty well uh, to continue to be a, a potential playoff team again, and they just made some minor additions, like guys like Damari Carroll and some of those rookies, like uh, a veteran player like Trey Lyles. So so it's a lot of just more so like it's just like you're getting this huge piece in terms of adding Dejounte back, a healthy Dejounte Murray, which is really good for the team. But now the roster configuration pop kind of has too many players now, and he has to kind of figure out who's going to play where. And then you got like like we mentioned, you have Lonnie Walkie, Walker up and. So now you got to get Lonnie some minutes. And so it'll be really interesting. I think that's what's going to be the most intriguing part is kind of we know who the guys that are going to play every night. That's, you know, that's DeRozan. That's Aldridge. That's Rudy Gay. That's uh, that's um, Derek White, uh, Mark DeJounte Murray. Those five guys, you know, we know they're locked into their minutes each night. Whereas some of the other guys that, that had guaranteed roles last year and had guaranteed minutes, some, some big minutes, guys like Brent Forrest, Marco Bellinelli, Patty Mills. Uh, uh, some of you know Jakob Pertl, Some of these guys now, it's going to be a little interesting to see where where they fit in, uh, and and you know how many minutes they do get. So that'll be kind of fun to kind of watch. It's, you know, again, it's just these are like more minor kind of roster um, moves that, that we're kind of watching, and 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 we'll kind of see what happens next week as training camp begins. I, I think uh, one thing I like, I always like to to, to watch and listen to is the, is their uh, the player quotes uh, during training camp that first week because uh, yeah. it's very much like you know 
because they're like they're they're always they're usually close practices, so so the media doesn't really get access to see these guys working out and see what kind of um, sets that pops throwing out there at the starting unit. So every now and then you'll get little snippets of um, the players kind of when they talk to the media, they'll kind of give some some information uh, that that we're kind of wanting to see. So like I remember, I want to say it was the 2014 title run or 2013, right before that, the year that they lost. Uh, they kind of said like you know we have the starting unit that has these this players, and then the backup unit it's, it's us five guys, and we kind of it's it's like a two different type of lineups. And so yeah, so so it's kind of interesting. Um, you, you, you might get some of those little snippets of information that we're kind of we're kind of wanting to know is you know who is pop starting in practice right now as the starting five uh, who does he have coming off the bench you know who's not really playing yet so so those are all be fun questions that come out uh next week when training camp starts so so thanks mike for joining me for spurs cast episode 554 uh spurs i just want to get your opinion on something real quick and this is yeah, something yeah. that came out recently and i kind of put it out there without like comment or something but i wanted to I see what you thought of the whole ESPN ranking stuff. I know rankings are really hard. Oh, uh, it's, it's really hard yeah. to try to rank players, especially when there's so many. You're asking but... the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go ahead and tell me. Kind of fill me in because I honestly, uh, I'm not sure you mean because I respect a lot of the media putting out these rankings. Like, you yeah. know, I know ESPN has theirs, Bleach Report, SI, all these kind of people. I mean, all these kind of different outlets and people do these and they really take a lot of time to do it. And I respect that. I'm yeah. just not – I don't know because I'm such a math nerdy kind of person. I'm more into the stats and, and the data. Yeah, it's kind of hard to and quantify so some of that stuff. I there's think. like – I know there's like two camps of NBA Twitter. There's the, the people that are going to do these rankings that are mostly – you know, they're a lot of it's based on opinion. And then there are those that are going to not do it. And they're like the math people that are really, really are, are working off stats and, and background information and, and old data. Yeah. Uh, that's why I, I'm, I'm more in that camp. That's why when it comes to these things, I don't get as excited. I don't even read them. Uh, and it's not because yeah. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them. I just don't, I honestly don't, they're not going to change my mind on a player. Like, I don't care where, where you rank so-and-so yeah. in your top 50 or hundred, but go ahead and tell me. So what's the, what's the NBA Twitter or Spurs Twitter going crazy? Oh, I think it was, I think it was the ESPN. And, and I, I know that both, uh, Jamar and, uh, Marcus were both in the forties. Um, Marcus is a little bit higher, but I think the biggest problem people are, are having is that like Zion Williamson was was above, I think both of them, so that uh-huh. one was kind of weird. And then I think uh, Trey Young was was up really high, like in the top uh, thirty, I want to say. So it's like I said, it is hard. I, I had to do some um, like mock draft stuff for lineups last year, and I was just like, man, trying to find out you know how to rank these guys is really hard sometimes, aside from the top ten. So I can, I, I don't. You know, I I wouldn't be able to do what they did. You know, I mean, it would be a lot of work to, to go into that. And obviously, you're going to overlook some stuff. But uh, like I said, I didn't really offer any comment just because, you know, I, I unless I have like actual data to back some of that stuff up, it's kind of hard to to argue with some with some some of that stuff. But I think it was kind of crazy. Some of the younger guys got uh, some over some the, the two spurs well oh like this is actually a question i was gonna, i was gonna i took it off the paper but i was gonna ask you this this is actually a question i had in mind do do you think lamarcus or, De, or De DeRozan make an all-star team this year that was going to be one of my questions to you do you think either of them make an all-star team because i know i know lamarcus got in last year yeah but now i mean you're talking i was just looking i didn't list them all but i was looking at the west i mean there's a lot of forwards <laughs> coming into the west yeah. you know you got you got Kawhi here now you got paul well, paul george is already here but you know there's just a lot more talent now in the west that has come over this way i know kevin durant left uh but you know it's going to be tough for him um so so i think when we're talking about this i think i think i'm looking more so i think they are also when i'm just reinterpreting that this information you're giving me is uh, yeah. they're looking at who's going to project well and i feel like those two guys definitely because they're so young too they have so much of a higher ceiling than kind of what we know Lamarcus and and, and DeRozan are. Right. 
So I don't know. What do, what do you think about that, though? Do you think either yeah, of those guys I mean, are making an all-star team? It's going to be rough, especially with how good the um, the West's done. I mean, it's not just those guys, but it's also um, uh, Bogdanovich from Indiana. I mean, it's just a lot of like oh, influx yeah. of talent yep. in two and three. So honestly, I feel I feel like one of the things that I've said is I want to see how DeMar does now with the full year um, his first time under his belt, and I think he might be able to do a little more now, especially that he probably won't have to do as much with the, you know, distribution and things like that. But and then you're adding so much talent to Western Conference, and then you're, think about players that are already here or came in last year, like LeBron was injured during the All Star uh, last year. So obviously he was. I mean, those a few a few other players that were that were injured. So it just becomes a lot harder to even like. And, and Marcus obviously he was what, like the last pick last year. So it, it, yeah. would, it would be hard to see that change or see him, you know, come up above that. It would, it would be easier to see him fall uh, in that case. I think. Yeah. So like, I'm, let me just go through a few players here, like in these like in these like guard slash forward kind of roles. Uh, you got Kawhi joining the West again. Huh, again, get it? Because <laughs> unfortunately, kind of. Forces his way out of the, out of the West uh, in a in a bad way, uh, and then you got Anthony Davis who's going to be healthy now, so he, so he should be having a good year coming up. And you still got LeBron, you like you mentioned, you got Bogdanovich coming over to the West. Uh, you got Mike. Well, Mike Conley was already in the West. Uh, we're adding Zion into there. I, I don't think he'll make an All Star team. Definitely not. I agree with you there. Uh, who else here? Kristaps uh, Porzingis, if he has a healthy year, remember he was yeah. he was a really good player if he's healthy. You still got Carl Towns. You got. Um, Let's see. Yeah, we talked about Lamarcus uh, Gallo. If he has a good year in um in OKC, I don't know. They're going to have a tough year though. Uh, you still got Chris Paul in OKC, but that he could get moved to Miami. So, and then you got some of those young Kings players too who can maybe make a leap. So, so I mean, there's just a lot of talent in the West, and it so is. so I, I'm really I'm really interested to see. So like you know I I don't think um like actually out of those four players that you just named. I think Trey Lyles has a really good chance of possibly making an all-star team in the East because one, like the East is so depleted. Trey Young, you mean, right? Yeah, Trey, or Trey, Trey Young, like, I'm sorry, yeah, Trey Young. It's Trey Lyles, or, my bad. We said too many Trey, uh, Trey. Yeah. But yeah, Trey Young has a good shot just because the East is very depleted. There's not a lot of, there's not going to be a lot of good teams. And if Atlanta can have a decent season, yeah. uh, he, he, and you know, he's, and he puts up some good, really good stats. Uh, if he can kind of just uh, work on, on some of his, his, like his low numbers in terms of shooting percentage and stuff like that. So, so it's kind of interesting, but like I said, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not the person and, and I applaud those people because you're right. I mean, if I actually had to sit down and rank all hundred NBA players, yeah. whatever it is, like yes. I just, I just, you know, I go crazy trying to do that. So yeah, I applaud them eight, for doing I, the work. I'd be like, seriously, by eight, I'd be like, oh, am I making a mistake? Did I forget about somebody? So yeah, I mean, them having to go as far as they've gone with it is, is tough. Yeah, so no, I, I honestly don't pay too much attention to it at all, really. I mean, I, I'll see like when 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 some of our guys uh, are retweeting some of those those uh, rankings and stuff. I think Ben 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 uh, was was promoting the uh, the SI ones when those were coming out at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's cool if 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 they're into those things, people are into those things. I'm just not one of those people, just because again, I I rely more so on the data and, and kind of where where guys finish. And also, I I don't even know if it's fair to, to kind of equate you know the, the positions because everybody plays different kind of positions, you know. Mm -hmm. Like in, the, in those kind of circumstances, so I don't know. I mean, that's that's a that's a cool thing to I guess look at, but not really my, my cup of tea and stuff. So gotcha. I don't know. Um, but thanks, Mike, for joining me on, on Spurs Cast episode five hundred fifty four. Um, you can follow Mike on Twitter at mdeleon, uh, 
And then also I wanted to, to make sure to mention that ben, Benjamin Bornstein recently wrote a piece on Project Spurs called San Antonio Spurs Undraftables. And in there, he kind of writes why the Spurs probably aren't going to be looking at a guard in this year's coming draft. Uh, we had talked about that topic recently on, on our last Spurs cast, 553. So if you want to check out that article and it has some, some, some guard prospects, uh, you can check that out from Ben over on ProjectSpurs.com. And then, you know, training camp's coming, like Mike mentioned, and, and preseason's here. And then here we go. The, the, the season's going to start. Should be another fun year for the Spurs. Um, thanks, Mike, for, for mixing and editing this, this episode as well. Uh, for Michael DeLeon, I'm Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.